Man, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me. I hate going live. I got to wipe snot and boogers and tears. And, and y'all just sit back laughing at me. Y'all don't take up for a pastor. Nobody would jump up in front of the camera and go, hold on a minute. Give the man some dignity. They won't even turn the camera off of me. They could at least take the camera and put it up there for a second. They leave it right on me. It's zoomed in too, Hannah. It's, going, it's right here. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse number 8. Don't get tired on me now. We're getting ready to get started. Take a pill. Anybody got a power pill? I got one. I got to have one. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse number 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Got to be a rough living. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Can you imagine how, you, how they must have felt to their, towards their father? I, mean, I thought we were given an inheritance, and here we are living in tents. Take me to a place, right? Don't, that'd be like coming to your house for Thanksgiving, you make me eat outside. Well, I'd never go back. Never go back. Everybody talking about how wonderful it is. Now I'm outside freezing, trying to eat a turkey leg. For, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. I can't talk about that right now, but I've got to do this. Sometimes I have to mark. We're just reading right now. Don't get excited. Therefore, one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which was by the seashore. Verse number 17, skip on down. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also Received him in a figurative sense. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter, you guessed it, 22. Y'all got it? Well, Tommy's faster than y'all. Huh? Still hear y'all's pages flipping. If God's willing, I'm, I'm going to read this, and then I want to I teach on something this morning, I think. We'll just go see how this flows. Chapter 22, starting at verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things. Well, I already know where I'm going. Now it came to pass after these things. After what things? It came to pass after these things. Y'all remember everything that Abraham had gone through? 
I had to sit back and start flipping back through Scripture. After these things, what things? Well, here's some things. Here's just some things. Remember when he was told to leave his family and all his kinfolk pack up, hit the road, go to a place. I ain't going to tell you where it's at. You just start walking. I'll get you there. Boy, if, if that wasn't enough, because none of y'all, look, I'll just get on your side too. None of us, we will contemplate that, aren't we? We're going to think about that really, really, really hard. He was told to leave his family. Then he was dealing with this, this promise, this promise of his son. We're too old to conceive. Now I'm having to contend with that. I'm having to deal with that. He spoke a promise to Abraham. Y'all remember? He spoke that just like all of us, God will speak a promise. And because we don't get it immediately, we begin to get a little disheartened. And so he's having to tend with all of this. This is those things. He's tending. Now, if that ain't bad enough, men, if that ain't bad enough, now he's having to tend with his wife. During this process of telling her why he took her from where she was and how God was going to bless them with a son, she already thought the man was crazy. Now he's out in the desert and I'm having to contend with that too. As if that ain't bad enough, I'm going to take my wife and go down to Egypt. I'm going to lie. <laughs> Look at all these things. It says after these things. I'm telling you the things. Just hang on. He goes down to Egypt and he lies to Pharaoh, tells his wife to lie. Come on in here for a minute. Oh, baby, when you go to church this morning, just tell everybody I'm blessed and highly favored. You just, you just, and we already seen you fixing your weave and your wig and everything outside on the parking lot because y'all were scrapping coming up the road. Just tell them that we blessed and highly favored. It just make sure not only you go lie, you go have her. Come on. Oh, it's my sister. You lying, boy. And then God going to have to go to Pharaoh and get in their mind, go on all that story. But there's that, right? There, there's some more of these things. Remember when he contended with God about Sodom and Gomorrah? He went into intercessory. If you've never been called into intercessory, I'm just, I'm just listen. Whew. Make sure God puts that on you. Intercessory ain't for the faint at heart. Intercessories, listen, I'm not talking about your little now I lay me down to sleep prayers for somebody. I'm talking about intercessory prayer. That, that, that prayer that costs, that costs you everything. It causes you to get up when everybody else is sleeping. It causes you to cry when everybody else is laughing. It causes you to enjoy everything while you're over here contending in warfare. And there was Abraham. Th th these things. Doesn't sound too awful bad right now, right? And then he finds out that Sodom and Gomorrah is going down. My nephew's over there. His wife, so can I go get them? And then his daughter-in-law, pillar of salt. Now he's having to deal with his nephew. I can just imagine me having to deal with Tommy. In a oh dear Lord. Talk about intercessory. It better be intercessory. There's some fasting and praying going on there, right? Oh, come on. Wait. There's a few more of these things. Remember Hagar? 
Well, Sarah, we ain't going to get this happening. I don't know what's going on. Sarah said, look, I'm tired. I'm tired of you waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Come on. That's a big boy church. I'm tired every time you're walking by me, you're giving me a tug on the sky. I'm tired. Leave me alone. This is what I want you to do. Go get my maidservant and leave me alone. Then they have that one. Here comes Ishmael. Well, now, oh, that wasn't bad enough, right? Now the same woman that says, go get her, <laughs> tells them they got to go. I mean, listen, Abraham, after these things, I'm talking about, dear Lord, we think that we got it over and over and over. Look at Abraham, what he's had to contend with up until this point. And it says now, after these things, I mean, surely Abraham thought that the storms had passed by. I mean, come on. Any, anybody with a little bit of compassion would think that this is the point in time in a man's life where God would set up, where God would step out on the bow of the ship and say, peace, be still, right? This is where we think that would take place. And I'm sure it had to be in Abraham's mind. And wouldn't you know it? Here come God. Again. He says, now, now it came after these things. That's just some of the things that I wanted you to understand that what they were talking about, these things. Anybody else in here ever experienced these things? Uh, you, you ever gone through some of these things, Ryan? When, when like, it just these things and then these things, it just it seems like it's been a long journey, Charlie. God, don't let me set somebody up to run the next time you call their name. Just let me get them prepared. I don't want you to run the next time he says, hey, Charlie. I don't want you going, nope, nope, I'm not, nope. Boy, surely this has got to be it. Surely this has got to be. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, oh, look, see, this is where a lot of us can get a little confused because we, we think that he just, he just spoke out to Abraham. This wasn't the first time that God has come to Abraham and spoke his name. How many of you... Okay, not how many of you know. This is what you need to understand. Michelle, if God comes in the middle of the night and says, Michelle, you better give him your undivided attention. He's called you by name. You driving down the road, and he leans up over the back seat and says, Hey, Amanda, you better give him your attention. He's wanting to talk to you. There's something important. When God calls you by name. See, this isn't the first time. The first time was when he came to him while he was in his own land and said, Abram, pack up, get gone. And he left. This wasn't the first time. 
I think there was another time. I, I might have wrote it down. Yeah, I did. I wrote it down. Chapter 12, he actually said, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Boy, that's a blessing. I mean, see, every time that God has come to Abraham up to this point, when he spoke to him, he was giving him blessing. Telling him what he was going to do for him. He jumps down in chapter 15 and he says, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. In chapter 17, he runs back and says, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Every time that he come to Abraham, it, it sounded good, it sounded sweet. Maybe that is one reason why Abraham was so quick when he said, Abraham, here am I, Lord. Isn't it just like us? If, if, see, that's why grandparents are so cool, Michelle. Because, see, grandparents, you can run up to grand because the grandparents don't scream and holler at you. It's your mom and dad that screams and hollers at you. Grandparents is always wanting to pamper you. They let them, Tommy, they let them run all over their furniture. Huh? Precious. Just a little precious. You can do anything you want to do. Now, I remember back in my time, running on the furniture. But boy, you, you barely were able to run outside. Quit that running. You're going to fall there and hurt yourself. Oh, it's the grandbaby. Leave, leave a grand. And look, ain't, ne ain't never raised a hand to none of the grandchildren. Ain't never raised a hand. Boy, they beat me. I mean, beat me. Where you plumb out just because you said, huh? Boy, worse the generation's gone. See, that's what's happened. The, the grandparents have fallen. I'm going to take a break. Can I preach just a minute right here? The grandparents is the cause that our world is upside down right now because we pampered the grandchildren for so long. They don't even understand control. They don't understand discipline. They end up. <laughs> preach on, preach on. He's preaching that thing. And said to Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Boy, he just, he recognized the voice. He knew it wasn't, he knew it wasn't a strange voice. He knew this voice from the past. And he says, here I am, Lord. Give him his undivided attention. Here I am. Then he said, If, 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 this wasn't, if this wasn't bad enough, it almost seems like this is an aggravating text. There's some aggravating verbiage that's used here. He says, take now your son. That's bad enough. He wanted to make sure that he understood, so he said, your only son. <laughs> Let me, let, me, let, me, let me get this. He said, your only son. And then he called him by name, Isaac. Because he, did, he didn't want Abraham to get confused in his mind for a minute that, okay, well, maybe I get Ishmael. I'll just call Ishmael back. Well, that wasn't the case. God said, I want you to get your son, Isaac. Whom you love. I mean, it's just, don't it almost seem like God has just put his finger in a sore? And begin to work that sore. 
Come on, have you, I guess I'm the only one in this church building right now that's ever gone through a place in his life where God just kept putting a finger so deep in an open sore that I had to say, Uncle, Uncle! He was twisting, right? I must be the only one because the rest of y'all just sitting looking at me like I, I lost my mind. Look, he ain't never come to you and said, look, I want you to give this. You know, the thing that you have, the thing that you really love, the thing that is only belongs to you, the thing that you've worked so hard for, I want you to give that thing. Come on, church. Come on, please come in here this morning. This is good. This is belly. This is belly food. He said, I want you to get your son, your only son. The, Isaac, the one whom you love. He's making it plain, making it clear. And go to the land of Moriah. See, I, I think there was something. Yeah, I probably ain't going to get note preaching. And go to Moriah. See, Moriah from where Abraham was at at this point in time was about a three-day journey. Oh, there's, oh, there's some. Remember I told y'all when you read the Bible, read the Bible. There's something about that three-day journey. Don't you know that there was a little bit of mind whirling? It's just like when you're mad at your husband and you don't talk to him for like four or five days. Mad, mad, at, mad at your boy. You, 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 I, ain't, I ain't even answering the phone call. huh? Now you, you got, because you, Come on, you, you know, come on, listen, you know I'm right there in your living room. God said, I want you to go to Moriah three days away. This will give you plenty of time to either obey me or disobey me. Because now you get to think about it. Oh, well, see, that, that doesn't sound, can I jump forward? Because I know I got this in the notes. I want to I wanna talk to you for a minute. Y'all okay with this, right? This little bit of teaching. I'm just, listen, I'm trying. I want you, when you walk out of here, I want you to go. Now I see it. Oh, that's when I was writing and I wrote an arrow because I kept writing something else and I had to put over. So I got to turn another page. God is wanting us to carefully think through it. See, when he, when he calls you, you're, you're, you're going to find out as we get closer to the end. Whatever time, I'll be done when I'm done this morning. But as we get closer to the end, you, you're going to find that God's trying to take Abraham to a place. And don't you know that's what God's trying to do with each and every one of us? God is trying to take us. He's He's trying to take us to a place. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, it's not evident right before our eyes. No, he doesn't give you some expository type of teaching. He doesn't give you all this explanation of why you have to go and where you're going and what's going to... He doesn't... He just says, I want you to get your son. Y'all replace that word son. Find within yourself what God has asked you. To sacrifice. Oh, if it don't hurt, it ain't sacrifice. 
Come on, Charlie, help me preach this one. Am I right or am I right? If it don't hurt, it ain't no sacrifice. If it don't cost you something, it's not a sacrifice. You quit, quit doing this little stuff. Well, I guess I'm going to get up on Sunday morning and go get to preach an hour. Poor little pitiful thing. Anybody know how many hours is in a week? Come on, I know some of y'all probably studied that. Y'all probably know that right off the top of your head. What is it, Amanda? Come on, speak out. So, somebody tell me, how many hours is in a week? Not your working hours, not your 40 or 50. If you work for Eric, 60 or 70. I'm talking about, what about the other hours when God says, I want you to, I want you to worship me. I want you to sacrifice. He says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. That's your worthy and acceptable. 168 hours and poor little old you give the preacher hour. I, if I had some money, well, if I had some money I wanted to give, I... I'll give you $5 for wasting your gas to come in here to preach you. These are the things that I have to believe that these are some of the things that Abraham is contending with in his mind. You told me all these other blessings. Now you give me a blessing. You brought a blessing to fruition. And now you're telling me that I've got to offer him up as a sacrifice. Surely, man, surely God doesn't mean this because God tells us that he don't even like murders. There, there was another place, even because he talks about the burnt offering, I'll get there, but he talks about the burnt offering and he says that uh, he, don't like, uh, he, don't, he don't like something stolen. He don't like robbery when it comes to burnt offering. You, you can't steal somebody else's stuff. Oh, there's a good word. Let's talk about that for a minute. You're always trying to sacrifice something else for somebody else. You're trying to take what, let me help you. While you're doing your thing, you're going, well, baby, I should, I should be over there because that's a, now, honey, that's, that's what he does. I'll go back over here. I'm going to just get your attention this morning because I'm trying to take you down a road this morning, and I'm telling you, I want this to burn in your heart. Now I see it. We're trying to get, trying to get our, our, our bride. Now, now, honey, now you know that ain't what the preacher said. Now, honey, you ought to be doing. And the whole time you sitting, well, honey, you sitting in yours. <laughs> See how much easier it is to sacrifice somebody else's thing? That, oh, God, that's why he didn't say, Abraham, go grab Ishmael. Because <laughs> Ishmael wasn't the promise. That, was, that, was, that, that one was just a little bit below. But when we do it, we're contemplating. What is it that we are sacrificing? Can you imagine? I... I promise you that he is on his three-day journey thinking about everything that he could think about to get out of this act that God has just called him into. 
Surely God don't want me to kill somebody. That's against his word. I'm going to keep on walking though. I'm going to keep on walking. Surely God don't really mean to kill the kid. I'm going to keep on walking. Well, God knows that I can't just steal something and give it as a burnt sacrifice. So I know he, this really ain't God. And then keep it and, and still walking. Come on. See, y'all, y'all look at Abraham as the father of the faith, and you don't think that he ever had challenges in his faith walk. Don't you know that's the only time that you'll ever increase in God is when, is when you're increasing in your faith? You have to believe in your own heart that you can get close to God before you'll ever get close to God. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross before you can even be saved. You've got to have faith. There has to be faith in your life. What comes along with that challenges. And see, the more you grow the more you're challenged. Man, we've just seen it with Abraham. I mean, you would really think there would be nothing more challenging than to leave your house and leave all your, your kinfolk and take off from South Carolina to Roanoke like you're crazy and fell and bumped your head. May have. Fell. Bumped your head. But man, how did I get from there to here? Come on, anybody. Because see, this is why it's so easy for some. Y'all don't mind. You know, this is why it's so easy for some to look at others and go, why can't you get to church on Wednesday? That's an easy thing. See, it took you a minute. It took you a minute to break your cycle. Why can't you serve in church? Man, I, I'm there Tuesday and Friday and Saturday. Huh? Oh, come on, you do it. You put all this weight on people, expecting people to be able to do what it took you so long to do. Why can't you treat your husband and your wife like that? I don't have a your lie. And we'll throw all this stuff over on people. And we forget that our journey took us through all these things <laughs> after all these things now see it, it took and it was because some of the journey is because where we are right now in our faith walk with God which is a good thing we're closer now than what we were because of the things that we've gone through and God showed his faithful hand now I see it After he got to Moriah, he, well, let's still walk with him. To whom are we doing it to? Who are we sacrificing to? I think some issue with the church is we still think that God is just some mystical being that every once in a while our emotions get stirred and we say that's God. And I'm not, I'm not discounting it. But we say that's God, and that's what we're serving. We're serving the feeling. Help me on this one. We're serving the law. 
I promise you at the end of this, you're going to say, now I see it. Oh, we're going to take up tithes and offerings during praise and worship. Well, I guess I better go up there and get my money. And I just might as well just give it all. Whether it's a dollar or whether it's a million, what you just thrown in that plate was disgusting. Because all you're doing is obeying a law. You're saying, well, preacher said, I guess we have to. No, you ain't got to do nothing. Matter of fact, matter of fact, if you don't want to do it, I ask that you don't do it. Because all you're doing is offering up dirty hands before the Lord. So who, I'm getting my wallet back. Don't be hating on me. Ain't none of y'all broke y'all's out yet. <laughs> Who are we doing it to? Do we really know who we're sacrificing to? We got to first think of what is it that we are sacrificing? Number two, who, who is it that we're sacrificing to? And number three is, why four? Why, why are we even, why? Why are we sacrificing? What it is, who it is, and why it is. You ought to think about that. You ought to be writing some of that down. Because see, some of you, one time or another in your journey, I'm going to promise you, you're going to be challenged with this word. If you think for one second that the enemy will not come and steal word from you, you've lost your ever-loving mind because he will step right into your marriage. He'll step into your home. He'll step into your finances. He will steal every bit of joy that you thought you had on the way. And see, when you get there, you're going to go, man, I know there was one time. Don't you know that sermons should be addressed and looked at as the armor of God for your life? Come on, church, please come up in here this morning. If, if, you, if you can afford to miss the word of God, then you're telling me that you have arrived. Every word that comes out of here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how you live. You want to know how you repel those darts? By his word. You want to know how you repel the arguments and the discord? With those words. You want to know how you discard bitterness and hatred? With Come on, please, please, talk back. Clap back, talk back. I mean, do something. Do something. If y'all were sitting in my office sometime when I get to study Y'all would think I lost my ever-loving mind. I get up and run around in circles sometimes. Glory! Because sometimes, man, it just gets down into the root. And it causes me to begin to understand. Why is it that I have to go through what it is that I go through? Why is it that I have to relinquish what it is that I have fought so long and hard to achieve? Now I see it. Now I see it. And offer him there as a burnt offering. Do you you got to understand what burnt 
We're going to get there. I'm trying to get through eight scripture. I'm trying to get through five. I ain't taking you to eight. I just told you five. I'm trying to get through five, and we are, okay, we all right. When, when you all, the burnt offering, the burnt offering is, all of it was God's. When they offered up burnt offerings, all of it was God's. The priest didn't share in the meal. All of it. And that's what God is telling Abraham. Everything I've given you is mine. Woo, Holy Spirit, you just revealed stinginess up in here. Well, I know it's his, but, you know, I kind of like it. <laughs> Come on, we'll, we'll go into fasting. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy's been doing this. I don't know why, but I'm going to take a drink for a minute before I get on this one. I'm going to ride this horse. Hey, what you doing? Nothing. Hey, why don't you come and do something like it, and I'll pray about it. <laughs> what? What the Christian people and they excuses? It's an excuse. It ain't no reason. We, we'll go on a 15-day fast to make sure that what we heard from God, that we already knew was God, because see, if we spent any time with God at all, when he calls out your name, Ryan, and you go, yes, Lord, here am I, and now you want to pray and fast about it for the next three years, you know. <laughs> y'all ain't never done that either. Boy, y'all are good people, man. Y'all are holy. I mean righteous, walking right, straight up. Don't get a flake of dirt on your white garbs. Man, look, God be saying, hey, Rocky, and I go, yes, Lord. What I want you to do is blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. Can we talk about this for a minute? And then you go, I'm still on text. And then you'll go to somebody else. Man, God told me, I think, I was supposed to go start a church. And then you, then you people, boy, I wish you could have got that on camera. And then your peoples look at you like that. Your friends, they look at you and start laughing. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> See, oh, I told you it's right in text. Abraham saying, Sarah, this was, <laughs> and she laughed. Laughed herself right on into faith. <laughs> But they'll do that. And what do we do? Well, maybe that wasn't God. Um, maybe it's a little too extreme. We get ready to get started. Maybe it was a little too extreme. Maybe he really didn't mean that. Maybe I just misunderstood. I think what I better do, I think I'm going to fast and pray. And the whole time that I'm fasting and praying, I'm fasting and praying with the intention of my own personal desire. I didn't, I didn't give up yet. I didn't give up yet. I didn't say, Father, not my will, but your, I didn't do that yet. I'm still in my will. 
So that's what we, come on, come, please come in here for a minute. That's what we do when we fast and we pray. We fast and pray to help solidify our desire. Jesus, they ain't liking me right now. Help me. On one of the mountains, which I shall tell y'all do know that this mountain that he was taking, this just side note, cliff note. This mountain that he took him to is upon the same mountains Christ died. Mountains of Moriah. Boy, isn't it, isn't it awesome? Just how that word will go like this. Y'all remember when Abraham laid the wood on his back and told him to carry his own wood? Boy, isn't that just Jesus? You know, wood represents humanity. That was what Jesus was doing. Jesus took humanity and put it on his shoulders and went to the cross. All humanity. Nailed up to a tree. You and me. They had a lot to get us up there, didn't they? Had some boys behind that thing pushing. Of which I shall tell you. So Abraham, he rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. I seen that and I went, ooh, highlight. God wants you to prepare your own sacrifice. See, this is what I was just meaning a few minutes ago. You, you, can, you can give all your money, all your time, all your you can do all of that, but if you do it with a bad heart, may as well not do it. Matter of fact, God don't even receive that. All right, let's walk down the scripture. Come to me before you offer it up. If you've got a sin or a problem against your brother, you go and take care of that first. Then you come back and offer up your sacrifice. See, we hating brothers and sisters in Christ and come to church and lift up filthy hands. Hating brothers and sisters in Christ, sitting in the same church, different sides of the church. I ain't saying nothing about y'all, y'all. You know, I ain't. But sitting on different sides of the church, hating each other, and they're going to tell me you're worshiping. You're not worshiping God. He won't even receive it. Come on, church. Man, God is trying to make ready. Trying to make ready his church. And we'll never get to the point of being ready. 
until we can sacrifice our own selfish desires. Until we can lay it down. Until we can lay it down. What's it going to take? What is it that we're sacrificing? To whom are we sacrificing? And why are we sacrificing? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his own donkey. He, he done it. Quit, quit trying to wait on people to get you ready. Come on, it's just like when we worship God, man. There should be no song leader, no pastor, no clergyman, no deacon, no elder, no nobody that should have to tell you, let's praise the Lord. Ever. But yet that's what we do. We wait on we wait on the preacher to say, well, say amen, somebody, before we say amen. Because we don't want to make it so be it in our life. We don't understand it. We have to get to a point. God's trying to take you from where you were, Abram, to where I want you to go, Abraham, in Hebrews 11, to be named the father of faith. I mean, he, that's the man. But we're not going to get there without challenge. We're not going to get there without agitation. See, you can't get clothes clean unless you have an agitator. You wear the same old stained up clothes if you don't have an agitator. And he took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. He, he, was, he was preparing. He knew what he was getting ready to have to do. And even in that process, he was still doing. He could have had somebody else split the wood. He split it. See, th this is the thing of working your heart out. This is the thing of working out your own salvation. This is the thing about working out your own sacrifices. Is your heart ready? Or are you just doing it because somebody told you to do it? Let's stand. That's the only reason you stand. Let's sing. That's the only reason you sing. Many of the churches across the nation that are full this morning, they're only there for one hour because they were told, in their life, supposed to go to church. There are some that sitting in the seats that believe that they are saved, and they're far from it because they done what they were told to do by a pastor. Come up here, let me pray a sinner's prayer with you. A what? Why you got to pray with me? If the Holy Spirit is good enough which he is because God says that you can't even get to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws you to the Father. If the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you of your sin and pull you in with his goodness and his grace and his mercy, you're not saved. You lipped a prayer, some man-made prayer, and you left and thought you were saved. And that's why we struggle a lot anytime that we face adversity in life. 
because we're not really walking in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. What we're walking in is religion and law. Why do you have to come up here to pray? Can somebody answer that? Can't answer that. I know men that's gotten saved out in the work field. And some of the strongest Christians I know. Because they understood what it was to be free in Christ. Not being bound by man. Because now they don't have man going, well, we prayed this prayer. Don't you remember that, God, I give you my whole life and I won't do nothing wrong. <laughs> but he saddled his own donkey. He prepared he prepared for his own sacrifice. He cut the wood. He prepared. I mean, come on. We probably wouldn't. I don't know many of us that would have gotten to the point of saddling the donkey. We would have walked away from that little task. But the whole time, that every little step that Abram took, or that Abraham took, every little step that he took was softening his heart, making him ready, so that when he did... Offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. He was truly doing it, not just out of obedience. There's a problem. I'm not saying that obedience isn't important because obeying God is important. But can I tell you that the Bible says, if you love me, that's first. If you love me, you will obey me. It doesn't say, if you obey me, then you can love me. It says, if you love me, you will obey me. God is trying to get your love first because it's out of your love that you will obey. It's out of your love that you will act upon the word that God has put in your heart. It's out of love that you'll serve God. Amen. That's why it's so hard for a lot of us to serve God. Because we're not doing it out of love. We're doing it out of action. We're doing it out of law. That doesn't make it any easier. I, don't get me wrong. But if you love him, you will obey him. If you love him or her, you'll marry him. And you'll take care of them if you love them. Now, if you say, I sex you, that's different. He said that on open airways. Yes, I did. Because we've taken the word love and we've reduced it to a word sex and we think all is well. Holy Spirit, I told you it was getting tighter, and I felt it. And Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place in which God had told him. Then on the third day, we're, all, we're almost done. Then on the third day, huh, isn't that amazing? On the third day, he arose. On the third day, Abram, Abraham lifted his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. Now I see it. Now I see it. Through, through all that I've gone through, through, through the aggravations, the agitations, the testing, the waverings, 
out of all that I went through, and I take a three-day journey, and I'm getting ready to sacrifice my only son, the one that I loved. Because God's asked me to. Even though it doesn't make sense. See, when God asks you to do it's not going to make sense to everybody in your family. They're not going to get it. Everybody in your circle ain't going to be holding hands around a campfire singing kumbaya when you're saying, we out. They're going to look at you and go, you've lost your ever-loving mind. God ain't tell you that. And I can show you scripture that God ain't tell you. Come on, Abraham, come on. Abraham had every reason to stop. Every reason to stop. It was in the word. He knew it. God doesn't permit murder. And the whole time he's on his way. Come on, people. Give me, give me 10 minutes. 10 minutes after 2 and I'll be ready. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Just look at your neighbor and say, now I see it. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. <laughs> so sometimes when it's time for a sacrifice and you have seen, uh-oh, Holy Spirit, help me explain this. <laughs> what Abraham thought that he was about to do in sacrificing his son. <laughs> See, we 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 can't. We think God intervened when the angel came behind Abraham and said, Abraham, stop. The lamb in the bush. We think that's what got it. Can I share something with you? Revelation that was given to me. God intervened. When Abraham looked up and saw. Something changed. Look at what changed. Abraham was on his way to kill his son. To sacrifice his only son. To kill the one that he so loved dearly. He was on his way to sacrifice. And on the third day. As he approached the mountains of Moriah. Abraham lifted his eyes. And he saw the place. That's where God's trying to take you. God's trying to take you to a place. 
he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I can't, I can't, take, I can't take you with me because I, I am so close right now. I know, I know now what it is I'm about to do. I know now what it is that God's calling me to. So I can't take you with me because you may distract me. Don't you know, don't you know that Isaac was probably precious? Huh? He was probably precious. In all of Israel's eyes, he was probably precious. And the two men that he had taken with him, don't you know that they would always, they was probably in his ear the whole journey going, boy, when Sarah finds out, ooh, when Sarah finds out what you did, because you know he didn't discuss it with Sarah, because if he did, Abraham would have died immediately. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But here he, they're walking behind him and telling him that, so he gets to this place. He looks up and there's revelation from God. And he looked at the men and he said, I can't take you in with me. Oh, okay. Can I go to the garden real quick? Can we just jump over into the garden real quick? He took the 12. Then he took the three. Then he went by himself. Because he had to go in alone. There's times in your life when you're about to offer up. You can't do it with everybody else around you. Some of what you take with you will be distracting. Some of the people may talk you out of it. Because just because you run into a little hiccup in your life, some people look at you now and go, well, what happened to God? I thought you served God. I'm just giving you real life. Abraham looks up and sees it from afar off. Now I see it. It wasn't the sacrifice that God was after. And Abraham said to the young, I know we already read this, but I want to get you back. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder. God help us to get to a point to when you ask us to sacrifice that we understand it's not the sacrifice you're after. It's our worship. Sacrifices don't get you closer to God. Will you come in here and just sit in the living room just for a second? Sacrifice doesn't get you closer to God. It's the worship in it. How can you say that, Pastor? Like this. Israelites sacrificed Throughout the Old Testament. They took lambs and goats and bullocks and doves and whatever else they could do. 
And they would take the sacrifices to the tabernacle. Whew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> they went to a place. That place was used to be called the tent of meetings. That's where God dwelled. God wants to take you to a place. Where's that place? It's a place where he dwells. Where does he dwell? He doesn't dwell here on earth. He doesn't dwell in one church. He doesn't dwell in the first Baptist, Pentecostal, first, third, and second street church on the corner beside 7-Eleven. That's not where he's at. God is in heaven. God is a spirit. Matter of fact, God said he is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about the physical things that we're offering up. It's about the spiritual action that's taking place throughout that transition of the sacrifice. He don't want, he don't want your money. He don't want your time. He wants you. You. That's who he wants. You. Because that's the only, that's the only thing, that's the only reasonable service. He was going to sacrifice. And the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. God, are you sure that you want me to give him? I mean, this goes against everything. That you said in your word, and I'm really not, I'm really not sure. Now, I'm, God, I'm going that direction. I just, I need you. I, oh, you got to trust God. You can't, you can't look at your steps. You got to watch your journey. God, I, I, I need you to help me through everything. And I'm really not sure. I'm really hoping this was you. I'm almost positive, God, it was you. Because you've, you've said my name a couple of other times, too. And got, kind of got me in trouble. But you got me out of it. But anyway, I'm I'm going. I'm going. And it took a process. There was a process. There was a process. He had to pack up his donkey. He had to cut the wood. He had to take a three-day journey. He had to tell everybody else, stay still. And all this stuff that he's contemplating in his mind and how this can't be God. It can't be God. It can't be God. But the whole time he didn't stop. He knew something. Wasn't sure. He didn't know if God was going to get him out of this or not. He really didn't want God to take his son. But along the way, he died. He had to die to himself. And it was in that moment that he, I, I just believe this to be, I believe this to be true. I believe it was at this moment he relinquished his will. Not my will, but yours. And he looked up. Now I see. I went through all of that to give you this. Don't work so hard in trying to please God. Be a child of God. Quit working on it. 
Quit trying to make sure that every little step is exact. Quit trying to make sure that everybody that looks at you can't hold you blameless to something or, or can't hold you to blame for something. You, you, I got to be pure. I got to be holy. I got to do this and I got to do that. And the whole time you got people looking going, well, I thought you were serving God. Well, God's people don't do this. God's people don't do that. God's people don't. You know what? Let me tell you something about what God's people do and what God's people don't. The moment that you begin to look at other people's sins, you'll end seeing yourself. Any scripture? Don't worry about the splinter when you got a plank. I told y'all last Sunday, if you put your hand in your pocket, you got something. God wants us to move from where we think that we have to sacrifice everything to a place of worshiping all the time. Because it's out of your worship you'll sacrifice. But you won't always worship. It's out of your worship that you'll sacrifice. But it ain't always out of your sacrifice that you'll worship. Let me help you. You go to church because your mom and daddy told you. It's not because you want to. You go to church and tithe because that's what mom and dad said, and that's what was in the Bible. And the Bible said, but that's not. <laughs> you, you, you don't cuss because, well, the Bible says you ain't supposed to. Get, you don't drink because, well, I think. And then you don't smoke. Well, I think. Stop, man. I, listen, listen to me. I'm telling. Dear God, please get this across. Your worship means everything to him because out of your worship your love your love is given to him everything else then I'm not so sure it's a sacrifice because you love to do it so much Can I, bring it, can I bring it down here if Tommy will participate? Let me bring it right down here. Tommy, when you go fishing, do you sacrifice sleep or do you just not sleep? He won't participate. I'm, listen, if you love to do what you do, you don't sacrifice anything to do it. You just don't do it so that you can do it. If you love going to watch, <laughs> if you're going to watch, love watching ball games, you going, ain't nothing else to sacrifice. Right? It ain't no sacrifice. I'm going to lose sleep day. It ain't no sacrifice. I'm just going to lose sleep. I'm going. Boy, if we could practice that in marriages. Because it's not a sacrifice then. I don't tell people they got to sacrifice. Now, I just tell them they got to die. <laughs> you just got to die. Because <laughs> if you're trying to live, <laughs> the other one's going to take that part. <laughs> just, just die. Man, if we learned to do that, could you? Oh. If the church would learn to die. 
then what somebody says ain't got our feathers all ruffled. What somebody done now ain't got us all in their feelings. I'm telling you that many ways seem right unto a man. Many ways. There's only one way. <laughs> but we'll take a bunch of them. They all lead to just travesty. I'm telling you, boy, if I had time and I wouldn't hurt feelings, I'd just write you a list. I could write you a list. The people acted out of their emotion. Doing what's right for them. And now, they ain't even serving the Lord. I'm telling you, learn to die. Because if you don't, take you down the wrong path you go die with bitterness in your heart hatred to one another your feelings are just destroyed you don't even get to live the rest of your life that God intended you to have happiness and joy and laughter and peace and prosperity you don't even get to live that life now because you're so tied up on everything else that's happened God's trying to take you from the place where you were. See, oh, I just don't believe worship's at church. I don't believe worship's in a song. I do believe worship is a place, but that place is a place that God has set. When you get into worship, you know you're into worship. Because you don't hear nobody talking about nothing. You don't care what somebody else thinking about anything. And you just all up in God's lap just hugging. When will the church get back to that? He wants to take you to a place. So don't, don't begrudgingly give. Don't begrudgingly do. Don't do it out of hate and, and anger and bitterness. And don't do it because somebody just told you to do it. Do it out of the love you have for God. And I promise you, that journey, whether it's three days, three years, or 30 years, or 300 years, you'll look up. Now I see it. All right. Man, there's just something I had to get broken out of that because Michelle, I thought the more the more I sacrificed, the closer I got to God. It's not that that is getting you closer to God, it's the effects of that which is worship. But it's the effects of that that gets you closer. I can sack, man, I can go on a 15-day fast, a 40-day fast, and fast food. Just fast food. Do nothing but drink a water. And come out of it just as hateful as I did when I went in. You don't believe me? Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Because I'd done it, I'd done it out of 
action. I've done it out of law. I've done it out of rule. You've got to fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray. Why don't you try worshiping? I'm t- if you'll fall in love with God, man, there's things on this earth that you will, you'll experience that you would have never experienced otherwise by following bulletins and programs and everything else. My prayer is that somewhere along your journey that you'll get just like Abraham. You'll begin, I hope today, start your process of packing your donkey. I hope today start your process. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Yeah, what you're doing right now, yeah. Prepare yourself because there's a place that he's taking you and he wants you to look up and he wants you to say, now I see it. I'm done. I'm going to let you go home and get some ice cream. I've already seen Hannah go to sleep six times. I called you out in front of your mom and dad, didn't I? I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. She really didn't. I had to come over here and...